You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. I like um, Conley a lot better than going after and getting Kyle Lowry at $29 million. He's got a part, as I said, uh, with Conley. The likelihood he, he plays, you know, average to good. You pick that up, and that's kind of who you are next year, and you're not a cap space team. You basically had to wave Tory and Prince to become a cap space team, and, and Prince has been good for them. And you, you, as I said, cap space is the most overrated thing out there. So that's who you are. You get you get Conley, Edwards, uh, McDaniel's, uh, Towns, Gobert. Let's see what happens in the next twenty five days. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I give you reckless speculation Thursday on a Friday. I give you some massive news about the Wolves that we touched on in a live show. D'Angelo Russell being traded three-team trade to the Lakers a couple of days ago. It is Mackie and Judd Phil out today, so it's Judd, it's Declan. That was Bobby Marks, who you just heard from, a guy who's good friends with Marks, Darren Doogie Wolfson, who is here uh, not just to recklessly speculate, but ladies and gentlemen, to inform us on this guy, a guy whose bobblehead was given away only a couple of weeks ago, D'Angelo Russell, but now he is a Laker. Doogie, welcome to the show. And I just want to put a quarter in you and say, take us through a trade that you alluded to. Like, like we went back and forth on this possibility. Um, take us through what finally transpired to get D'Angelo Russell to the Lakers and Mike Conley from the Jazz to the Wolves in what I would say was not a shocking trade, but is an interesting deal. Yeah, definitely interesting. Good morning, Judd. Hello, Declan. Happy Reckless Speculation, I guess Friday, right? Happy Reckless Speculation Thursday on this Friday. Thanks for your guys' flexibility. Some stuff on my schedule on Thursday. Plus, we normally chat, you know, Thursday late morning. We figured, hey, some stuff may change, may shift. Takes a little bit to post this, so just it made sense for us to do a post mortem right on the Wolves trade deadline situation on this day. So thank you very much for your flexibility. Yeah, I mean, Judd, going back, how many weeks did we allude to if the Wolves trade D'Angelo? The idea would be to bring in a guard that is under contractual control for one additional season. I told you Miami was very interested going back weeks in a Kyle Lowry. D'Angelo Russell trade. I also told you in that moment, the Wolves said, no, we are not doing that. That's what Bobby Marks, my good buddy, alluded to. I thought, because when we chatted on Tuesday, I was still stuck on, hey, like I see D'Angelo here on February 10th, past the deadline. But, you know, I touched on, hey, sign and trade this summer. Like I knew D'Angelo wasn't going to be here next season. I just thought, hey, the way he's been shooting you know, it just it wouldn't come to fruition, some sort of trade. I also thought that the Lakers were looking to add some shooting, some guard play, but that Utah and L.A. were far enough down the road on a Conley Jr. trade 
that it wouldn't necessarily involve a third team, but then things picked up on Wednesday. Clearly, the Lakers had interest in Mike Conley Jr. So did the Clippers. Like, it wasn't just the Wolves that were in on Mike Conley Jr. I just thought the Lakers were far enough down the road that there was no need to involve a third team. But the Wolves said, hey, we like Mike Conley Jr. Del Demps has the history with Mike Conley Jr. In Utah, we know that him and Rudy Gobert are infinitely better together than D'Angelo and Gobert. Yes, D'Angelo deserves all sorts of credit for shooting the ball better than he ever has before going back to December 1st. He deserves a ton of credit for that. But really, Judd, and I don't have all the numbers in front of me, but are the Wolves that much better when he's on the court, or were they, past tense now, were they that much better when he was on the court compared to off the court? You look at some of those numbers, not really. He wasn't really a difference maker when on the court because there's still those turnovers. There's still the lack of detail on defense, not boxing out, many head-scratching plays, right? I mean, his run here was a complete roller coaster, right? Some really, really good moments. I think about the Clippers game, the playing game. Last April, he was brilliant, right? They don't ascend up to the seventh seed without D'Angelo in that playing game. Then he's benched at the end of the playoff series, right? It was a constant roller coaster. The stories are out there, Judd. I'm not big on, okay, guy is gone. Now let's just go all in on, you know, kicking him in the groin, right? Piling the dirt on. Now we did it. I'm guilty as charged on this, Judd when it was Gerson Rosas. But I will also tell you, in that moment, in those last 24 to 48 hours, there was some new stuff emerging. I had heard some stuff, but was waiting for it to be confirmed. So a lot of those details had to be reported in the moment. And it's not like Gerson was fired because of just basketball incompetence, right? There was way more to that story. So I felt like in that moment, those stories, many of them, had to be told. There are a million D'Angelo Russell stories. A lot of them are not good. I don't necessarily want to pile on in this moment. Now, for those who religiously listen to this segment, you've heard me mention, even going back to 2015, his pre-draft visit here, when the Wolves had the number one pick, and D'Angelo comes in for a visit. That trip was incredibly negative. The second he stepped into the car, they hired a car service. The second he stepped into the car, that trip was really, really negative. I will tell you, late Flip Saunders, Ryan Saunders, to get on those guys' bad side, you have to do some really bad stuff. Like those guys, right? Flip, when he was alive, was like the greatest guy ever. Ryan, one of the greatest guys ever. Like to get on their bad sides? Like, come on. Now, I fully acknowledge, Judd. Over the last eight years, there's been some maturation. I told you when I was at Media Day in October that multiple people at the Wolves came up to me and said, hey, don't know if it's fatherhood, what it is, but D'Angelo seems to have turned a page. He seems like a different guy. Some of that carried over into the season, but with the lack of chemistry with Gobert, yeah, there was, there was a good amount of negativity there. And I'll remind you, how many times have I said, if Tim Connolly, by the way, for those of us in broadcast media, Mike Conley, Tim Connolly, 
That's got screw up written all over it. But Tim Connolly, the Wolves president of operations, if he truly wanted to extend D'Angelo, it would have happened months ago. Gerson Rosas is the guy who brought D'Angelo Russell here. It wasn't Tim Connolly. Tim Connolly never had an interest in keeping D'Angelo Russell long term. So it was a matter of when, not if. The era ended, and it came to an end on Wednesday night. But when we spoke in the moment on Tuesday, I just didn't sense things were far enough along You know, with some of these scenarios. Sure, teams checked in. The Phoenix Suns checked in right before Durant. Dallas did check in before Kyrie, right? So there was always some level of interest. The Clippers did check in, but I just didn't think it would get to the point of the finish line just because I know 99% of trades talked about just never come to fruition. But in this case, you can look at all three sides and say, okay, I completely get it. Utah was fixated on getting that Lakers 2027 first round pick. They also now will have $60 million plus in cap space this summer. Now, can they get a premier player like a Fred Van Vliet, somebody like that, to come to Utah? That may be a different conversation. But Utah has all sorts of flexibility getting off the Conley Jr. contract for next year. Utah now has all this flexibility this summer. The Wolves wanted to extend the window of the salary slot with D'Angelo, had no interest in extending D'Angelo. Mike Conley Jr., now does that. You can trade Mike Conley Jr. this time next year if you want to as an expiring contract, or he can help you hopefully ascend to the top four in the Western Conference that he still has another good year or two in him in his mid-30s. You look at the Lakers, the Lakers are one of the worst shooting teams in the league. So they now, and they have a bunch of guys, you know, they had, you know, before they moved them, Kendrick Nunn, guys like that. You look at their bench. I mean, they're so top-heavy with LeBron, with AD. There's just not a whole lot of depth there, right? So now the Lakers have pretty darn good depth. So you can make a case that the trade made complete sense all three sides. I'm just telling you, though, when we chatted on Tuesday, I just thought, okay, yeah, Utah is going to trade Mike Conley Jr., but him going to the Lakers, a two-team deal, not a three-team deal, I thought in that moment, was more likely. One other point I'll make from our conversation on Tuesday, Judd, is I told you, if you look at the landscape of the Western Conference, who should the Wolves be scared of? And I said, hey, okay, if you play Denver in the first round, Denver has home court advantage, tough matchup, but you're not going to curl up in the fetal position. right? I said that also with the Warriors, with the Clippers. Not favorable matchups, but you're not going to curl up in the fetal position. I would now curl up in the fetal position if you play the Phoenix Suns, right? The landscape of the Western Conference changed so significantly in the last 72 hours since we last spoke. So the Wolves also had to take a little bit of a long-term look at this and say, okay, where are we really going this year? And we're losing D'Angelo. We can't just outright lose him. We need to get something in return. Let's do this deal. Plus, I don't want to sleep on Alexander Walker. Like his true shooting percentage this year is really good. There's still a pretty good player there. Mid-first-round pick a few years ago. In fact, you know who really loved Nikhil Alexander-Walker pre-draft? Gerson Rosas. Rosas was a big Alexander-Walker fan pre-draft. Him coming out of, I believe it was Virginia Tech. Right, So you've got him. It's a manageable number next year if you tender him a qualifying offer. You know, restricted free agent, all that. But 
you know, I can see a scenario where Alexander Walker is here next year. Then you acquire those multiple second round picks. So you also got something in addition. So, you know, hopefully that lays out why Tim Connolly wanted to do this deal. But just make no mistake, Tim Connolly was never married to D'Angelo Russell. Dukes, how big, you, you mentioned this a little bit uh, in, in the middle of that, that obviously Mike Conley has previous success with Rudy Gobert. Uh, D'Angelo Russell, Rudy Gobert, maybe not the best fit, but but Conley and Rudy Gobert in Utah were, were a dynamic fit. I kind of think, too, it's not just the salary slot and finding the right point guard. To me, getting Mike Conley also is is them doubling down that they're going to make this Rudy Gobert trade work, right? They're going to make this acquisition, this chemistry, this fit work. And Conley has a great history of doing that. And I bet that played also a humongous factor in the acquisition of Connolly or the swap, I should say, for Russell for Connolly. Absolutely. Amen, Declan. 100%. Yes. I mean, you know, you can look at the numbers the last couple of years. Mike Conley Jr., Rudy Gobert, really good combination. D'Angelo Russell, Rudy Gobert just did not work. And the plan preseason was, okay, you know, here's our starting five where Edwards Towns, Russell Gobert will be on the floor together, but there will be different points of the game stretches where two will be on the bench, two will be on the floor. Well, Chris Finch's preseason plan was, okay, Cat and Edwards together, Gobert and Russell together. There was a thought going back to Russell's success in Brooklyn with Jared Allen that, hey, like this can really work. He's never played with a role man in the pick and roll quite like Rudy Gobert. You know, Allen is a decent comp, but you know, we really feel like Russell's game in the pick and roll in particular will excel with Rudy Gobert. Well, I mean, that was just always a struggle. Like, how many passes? And it's not a Juan D'Angelo, right? I mean, Rudy, how many passes has he fumbled this year? It's like, Rudy, what's up with your hands? Like, how can you not secure the ball? Oh, his hands are terrible. Right? And that did drive D'Angelo Russell nuts. Make no mistake about it. Right? I'm sure deep down, too, he was upset that, hey, like, why wouldn't these guys pay me? I want the big money on a four-year extension. Why won't they offer it? Right? Screw them. Right? So, I mean, all-encompassing. But, yeah. And also, from a character standpoint. I mean, again, I'm not big on, like, let's pile on D'Angelo. There are a lot of stories out there. All right? Just know that. There are a lot of stories out there. I told you this, dude, though. I told you this, um, and just from an observational standpoint, especially being at games, uh, so so forget the off the court stuff like that stuff takes place. I don't like it, but it takes place. But I told you that, I mean, it was very clear on the court that D'Angelo didn't necessarily fit the vision, which, which is why it was smart to take a look like they actually I think I if you want to we, we can quibble about the Gobert trade from here to eternity. It might be a terrible trade, but. The D'Angelo trade that the Wolves just made, I actually like because I think they did the responsible thing. Expiring contract, took a look-see, took a long look, determined that, you know what, he doesn't look he doesn't look happy. I also think it's important to p- point out w- with him as well, to go back to, I think it was about a month ago or three weeks ago, the Yahoo piece, where they were talking to D'Angelo about Ant, and D'Angelo immediately said, well, I'm an alpha too. Um you know, this has gone from, I think it's going to be Ant's team, to it's Ant's team now. It absolutely like, is Ant's team, yes. And acceptance, Doogie, is going to be a huge thing. And the most important acceptance is going to be Cat. So if D'Lo can't get his head around exactly that, we got problems there. So I actually do believe, 
and I will credit him. I think Conley played this exactly right as far as not being too not being too sudden with the judgment, but the judgment at this point made some sense. Yes, and it wasn't just Connolly, right? I mean, plenty of feedback from the coaching staff, Chris oh, right. Finch, yes, Chris Finch, You're others, right. right? On Cat, because I've had people suggest, is Cat pissed off now? Let me make this very clear. Carl Anthony <laughs> Towns is not pissed. He's just not. <laughs> Do him and D'Angelo have a relationship? Sure. Was it really strong a few years ago? Yeah, I think it was. But is Cat pissed off right now? Heck no. No, no, no. The answer is no. I promise you. No, no, no. What I can't quantify, Judd, is the other talking point I was about to make before you chimed in was Conley Jr. is an A-plus human. Like, I was even texting with John Lohr from Orono, who played with Conley Jr. in Memphis. Right? This is going back many years. He just, he said, Mike is the best. He goes, great golfer, too. He goes, you don't want to play that guy on the golf course. He'll, he'll take all your money. But he just he said Mike is, is such a good dude. You text with other people in the league. They will tell you that. Now, I don't know how to quantify how does that now translate to on-the-court success. But I'm just telling you, as a teammate, as a great guy, a character guy, the Wolves improved infinitely. And yeah, that's not necessarily a knock on D'Angelo. It's more to prop up the great human being that Mike Conley Jr. is. Dukes, uh, I saw some other, obviously, tentacles of trade deadline rumors that were flying. Yeah, I saw Seth Curry's name, you know, potentially pop up. God, I would love his three-point shooting if that would have happened. But as all these guys now that were moved and shaked, they entered the buyout market and et cetera, are there any players that the Wolves are interested maybe bringing in once that buyout market type uh, buyout market uh, ends up passing through? Yes. Well, on the buyout market, John Wall has a history with Tim Connolly from Washington. Also, Wolves VP Marquise Watts used to work for Clutch. There's a connection there. I mean, Watts goes way back with John Wall. Now, that being said, like, do I believe the Wolves have? have kicked around the idea for sure internally of, hey, should we make a run at John Wall? The Houston Rockets are buying him out, undoubtedly. But I also just got a text in the last five minutes that leads me to believe John Wall's not ending up here. He's just not. So that was a name. I did toss out on on social media on Wednesday the idea of Pat Beverly because all signs point to the Lakers making a move, which they ultimately did on Thursday, moving Bev to Orlando for, for Mo Bamba, you know, and uh, you look at Orlando's guards, right? They have so many guards. He was never going to play in Orlando, right? So he doesn't even need to report to Orlando. Pat Beverly is going to hit the market, but it doesn't sound like it's going to happen. But that's another name that I'm positive has been bandied about, at least internally. I know Dane Moore, who does a great job covering the Wolves, you know, went pretty strong on social media on Thursday suggesting, hey, like in his words, in the works, you know, but then Mark Stein chimed in, who's got great sources on the national level for the New York Times, said, no, don't look like Pat Beverly is going to end up back in Minnesota. The Wolves would have to make a move on somebody. Like to me, it comes down to, would you rather have Austin Rivers or Patrick Beverly? And to me, like on the court, like, make no mistake about this. Rivers is going to help you more. Imagine opening up the playoff series against Golden State. Like, I'd rather have Rivers agitate Curry for different stretches than, 
you know, Pat Bev, right? I just, I don't know if Pat Bev can help you on the court. Would he help you off the court? Probably. He'd still drive you nuts in some ways too, but he probably right. would. But on the court, I think Rivers helps you more. Now, some people have said, what about Nate Knight? Well, what's interesting about Nate Knight is, so Luca Garza on a two-way contract, he can only play a certain amount of games. He's only got 10 or 11. I need to double check the exact number, but it's one of the two. He's only got 10 or 11 games left to play. Would the Wolves at that point say, you know what, Nate Knight, you're an NBA player. Go help somebody else. We want to convert Luca Garza to a standard deal so he can be playoff eligible. Because as of now, Luca Garza cannot play in the playoffs. And let's just say he plays, you know, these next 10 games. You know, he won't even be able to help them mid-March on, right? So, you know, that's something that the Wolves need to sort through. Certainly, they've discussed that internally. Okay, what the heck do we do with Luca Garza and his two-way contract? Should we try to make a move here to free up a spot to sign him to a standard deal? Let me add one other significant Wolves note because, Declan, you brought up the buyout market. The Wolves were close to another trade on Thursday. And it was for Bones Highland. You know, and I know the Athletic tossed out Jay Crowder, some talks with Miami about Max Struess, uh, Detroit with Sadiq Bay. I don't sense any of those moves were were far down the road. Heck, they checked in on Eric Gordon. You know, when they spoke with Brooklyn, Declan, I wouldn't be shocked if Curry's name, Seth Curry's name came up. But I don't sense they were they were like on the cusp, right? To use the football analogy, like I don't think they were on the five-yard line in any of those scenarios. I do think they were at the five yard line on bones Highland with Denver. Denver ultimately moves him to the Clippers for just a couple second round picks, which to me is fascinating because if you're Denver, you absolutely may have to go through the Clippers to move on in the Western conference playoffs, not first round, but like second round. Really? Like, you know what bones is capable of, you know, the warts he has too, but you know what he's capable of. So to me, interesting. Now, Denver wanted to create a roster spot to bring in, you know, somebody like they're after Reggie Jackson right now in the buyout market, right? Because they moved Devon Reed and that Thomas Bryan trade. So that had been a one for one. But, you know, they're going to go after a guard on the buyout market. So I wonder if, you know, if they swing and miss on Reggie Jackson, you know, could Wall or even Bev make sense for Denver? But like to me, they just they gave away Bones Highland, who's a capable backup. And Tim Connolly drafted him like Tim Connolly wanted Bones Highland here. I will bring up again something I brought up, I believe, last week, Judd, maybe it was a couple weeks ago, that I had heard because we brought up the Bones Highland chatter, that Denver's ownership was reluctant to make a move with Connolly. There's still some bad blood there, right? The way Tim Connolly departed the Denver Nuggets. That they weren't willing, because the Wolves would have done the deal the Clippers did. It's not like the Wolves weren't willing to give up a couple second-round picks for Bones Highland. Mm-hmm. But that Denver's ownership wasn't necessarily in the mood to help Tim Connolly. But I can just tell you and tell everybody listening and watching that it was Bones Highland that the Wolves thought they were on the cusp of acquiring on Thursday. These outstanding scoops have left me thirsty and hungry. And guess what? The good news is right down the street from me in St. Louis Park here resides the uh, Park Tavern where you can go and have a drink, uh, outstanding food. And also, if you are 
watching this right now, you can go uh, and bowl and have a party there, eat, drink, have a great time. In fact, it's right on my hoodie here. Eat, drink, bowl, and party at the Park Tavern in St. Louis Park. And also, if you have a group outing, a fantasy league draft, a birthday party, anything like that, Park Tavern can accommodate big groups. We're talking 40, 50 people, uh, and they can do it no problem. 952-929-6810, 952-929-6810, parktavern.net, parktavern.net, Cheryl, my friend there will take care of everything. Go have a great time. And, of course, tell them that the folks from the Scoopages and Score North told you uh, to contact them. And, and uh, Dex, as the weekend approaches here, if I want to have some fun, get some skin in the game, how can I do it? Yeah, go to Underdog Fantasy. Right now they have a live uh, special prop of Jalen Hurts, 0.5 total yards. Doogie, are you bold enough to bet the under on 0.5 total yards for Jalen Hurts <laughs> in the Super Bowl? I will tell you what I would bet. Kelsey scoring the first touchdown, I believe, is plus six fifty. I would take I that. Love that, and they actually have that. They yeah. have a they have a touchdown prop for Travis Kelsey at Underdog Fantasy. You can make these props right now. Go to Underdog Fantasy, download the app, first time, and even recurring users can use the Jalen Hurts prop. And if you're a first time user, though, download or use promo code SCORE S K O R. They'll match your first deposit up to one hundred bucks. Getting on in on the big game with Underdog Fantasy. Love so, it. Hey, one thing, Dude. by the way, that I don't love, Deglin. Mm-hmm. So I'm pulling into the parking lot here oh boy. at Hubbardville this morning, and Ross Brendel, you know, do it all, right? I mean, in charge of podcasts and promotions. Oh, yeah. So he's he's moving our, our promotions vehicle through the parking lot. I don't know what the heck he was doing, but I see oh, the signage on the back of the car. Oh, boy. Mackie and Judd. Mm-hmm. What about Mackie, Judd, and Declan? I, I've been pushing for this for, for a long time yeah. now. Dude. I don't you know get it. That takes some time. I really don't get it. It takes some time. We got to repaint it. I got to get out there. I I now am in charge of painting the trucks. Um, are the are the <laughs> Timberwolves are the Timber? Oh, it's terrible. Are the Timberwolves a better team as we talk right now than they were on Tuesday? I think they're about the same team, Judd. I think in the end they end up either with 43, 42, 41, or 40 wins. So 40 and 42, 41 and 41, 42 and 40, maybe 43 and 39. Their schedule we knew before Wednesday night was going to be very difficult the rest of the way. One of the toughest in the conference. Well, I would now argue if you look at all the trades that were made, how much better so many of these teams seemingly are, their schedule is that much more difficult. So it is going to be hard to get above 43, in my opinion. You're certainly not getting to the 46 you won last year. But now with Dallas that much better, not convinced if they re-sign Kyrie this summer that it'll work long-term. But I think short-term, like it's going to work with Kyrie in Dallas. I just I think they are a better team. Phoenix, now Durant still might be a couple weeks away from from returning, maybe even three or four weeks, but when he comes back, and I get it, can Chris Paul stay healthy? But to me, Phoenix is a lot better. I think if you're the Wolves, you need to hope that Sacramento has some sort of losing streak, but right now I believe Sacramento is at four or five in the loss column. Declan, can you look that up on ESPN.com or NBA.com quickly? I believe the Kings are plus five in the loss column, so it'll be really hard for the Wolves to catch Sacramento. So like what I'm getting at is it's going to be really hard to avoid the play-in. And heck, what if you end up playing the LA Lakers, D'Angelo Russell and the LA Lakers in the play-in. But I think that's where this thing is trending. I thought for a while the Wolves could get as high as six, maybe even five, never thought top four. 
you know, that was the preseason goal, but didn't think that, but thought, yeah, okay, maybe five, maybe six, but now I'm thinking like seven, eight, or nine. So I think they're going to be stuck in that in that play-in, which doesn't even guarantee you a playoff spot, right? I mean, if the play-in, heck, what if the play-in is Golden State, the Wolves, New Orleans with a healthy Zion, and the Lakers? Two of those four teams will not make the playoffs. <laughs> Goes back to the nightmare scenario of the Wolves potentially giving Utah a lottery pick and watch that lottery pick hit the greatest draft prospect in a decade plus, right? Watch the Wolves lose out on that kid. Uh, Even out, if it was like a 2% chance, watch it happen. Yep, A game out of the four seed right now, but also uh, oh, yeah. just a game it's and a half nuts. out of 10. Oh, it's I mean, so much fun. Yeah, I mean, it's great. It's going to be a Right, blast. yeah, I mean, you know, I'm going the... The backwards route, yeah, I mean, they could move forward. I mean, maybe this trade works swimmingly well, and they win a bunch of games, and yeah, maybe they ascend up to five or four. Maybe they comfortably make the playoffs, but I still think they're going to be in that 39 to 43 win range. I also hope, for the Wolves' sake, that Mike Conley Jr. can stay healthy, right? When you're 35, I mean, he's missed double-digit games. That's the one knock on him. I get it. From three-point range this year, he's a little down from his career numbers, right? But he doesn't turn the ball over a whole lot. He's an assist machine, right? There's a lot of good about Mike Conley Jr. Over 70 games of playoff experience, just stay healthy. He has missed double-digit games every year of his career since his second year in the league. I don't know what year this is now, but, you know, he was a high pick coming out of Ohio State. Right, like after what one year or two years in college? I mean, he's been in the NBA now what eleven years, twelve years, thirteen years. So for like nine, ten, eleven straight years, he has missed double digit games. I should know top of my head what year this is for Conley Junior. Might even be like thirteen or fourteen, but he just has missed. Bottom line is he has missed a lot of games going back many years. He's already missed a good amount of games this year. Can he stay healthy? He's now healthy. He's on the court. Should play tonight. I guess we haven't gotten official word, but I know his dad is in Memphis right now. I anticipate everything going through with tip-off here, what, eight, nine hours from now, that all these physicals should be done, that Conley Jr. makes his Wolves debut tonight. But if it doesn't happen tonight, it'll happen Monday against Dallas. But I just hope he can stay healthy. That, to me, is the biggest question mark with Mike Conley Jr. Other scoops, sir. What do you got? Uh, Twins, Vikings, where you want to go here? Wherever you would like to go, I can tell you Gophers Football Pro Day, March 15th, same day as Georgia's Pro Day, but a number of offensive line coaches presumably will be in town to watch John Michael Schmitz. I know Evan Hull from Maple Grove High School, Northwestern running back. He put on a show in Mobile at the Senior Bowl. He will have his Pro Day in Evanston, Illinois on March 14th. A cool combine note, I put it out on social media a few days before, and the NFL, uh, like Wednesday or Thursday, put out the official list of, of combine invites. 319 players invited, but you know guys like Tanner Morgan are not invited to the combine, right? The combine isn't for everybody. It's still a select company. Well, there's an offensive lineman from Lakeville North High School, played at Minnesota Duluth, Brent Lang. I don't know if in the history of Minnesota Duluth football, they've ever had a guy get invited to the combine. Maybe, you know, but point is it's rare. That's a really cool note that a kid from Minnesota Duluth, Brent Lang, has been invited to the NFL Draft Combine. Great stuff, Doogie, and we will talk to you Tuesday, hopefully. You got it. I also checked again on Michael Fulmer. Crickets.
Like I've been saying yeah. that for weeks, crickets. There's just yeah. nothing. But guess what? As long as he's still out there, all it takes is one call. Right? At yeah. some point, he's going to have to take an offer. So the Twins could make him a one-year low-ball type offer. Maybe he says, you know what? I liked it there enough. I like playing for Rocco. Sure. You know, I'll just I'll hit the free agent market again in a year. I mean, that's what happens with a lot of these relievers. There's still a bunch of good relievers on the board. So at some point, yeah. I guess I wouldn't be shocked if the Twins added a reliever. But on Michael Fulmer, who I would love to see back here, it's crickets. The Twins have not made an inquiry like for months. So just nothing going on. The Twins did have scouting representation at a showcase for Ken Giles the other day. Former closer. Just hasn't pitched much the last couple of years because of injuries. But less wear and tear on that elbow, on that arm. But as of now, the Twins have not made him a minor league offer. So, but something to keep an eye on that the Twins are, you know, attending some of these showcases. Doesn't sound like the Twins were at the Miguel Sano showcase in Tampa on Tuesday. I do not see a situation where Miguel Sano re-signs with the Twins. All right, man. We'll talk to you Tuesday. Okay, and then Brian Flores likely introduced sometime next week in Egan. It was never going to be this week because of the Super Bowl, but the Vikings have led us to believe that a press conference will take place. It would make sense to do it before everybody heads to Indianapolis for the Combine at the end of this month. So, you know, I anticipate it happening as soon as next week. Awesome. Thank you, sir. Okay. Bye. See you, boys. Bye-bye. All right. All right. Let's continue right now. Uh, in fact, you know what? This next this next topic has me heated. So to calm down, to calm down, to put myself in, in a place where it's sunny outside, and at least I am sipping on a surly. Declan, let's talk about our friends at the golf show who are going yeah. to set up golf season, which means that warmer weather and better days, sunnier days are around the corner. Yeah, the Minnesota Golf Show, it's coming up here in just, uh, just two weeks, Judd. You and uh, you and Mackie are going to be out there. Judd might even uh, invest maybe in some new boom clubs, a putter, a chipper. You know, we can get golf. golf. Nice vacation request by you, buddy. Uh, hey, 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 hey. I, uh, I, I'm just making sure the golf show still goes on. You guys are still capable golfers, so everything uh, should be shit I'm not a capable there. golfer. Thank God I'm right by the bar. That's right. It's, yeah, you're right by the 19th hole, actually. The Score North uh, broadcast set is right up by the 19th hole. You can go get a nice surly and get a nice uh, beverage there. Uh, right now, you can use promo code GOLFER. Uh, tickets on sale. Promo code GOLFER and just $6 uh, for and 14 free rounds from TwinCitiesGolf.com. That's valued at nearly 500 bucks. Plus a coupon for 20 bucks off at the PGA Tour Superstore. Buy your tickets at the TheMinnesotaGolfShow.com, presented by Choice Bank. And thanks to part to numerous sponsors, Nelson Marine, Waggle Golf, X-Golf, Lift Ridge Brewing Company, and your select Buick GMC dealers. Go check out the Choice Bank Minnesota Golf Show, February 24th through the 26th. All right, so last night I went uh, to the Wild Game. They started a seven-game homestand, nine of their next 12 are at the X. We talked to Billy Guerin on Judd's Hockey Show yesterday as well. You you can obviously find that at all the places you can find your uh, Score North and Judd's Hockey Show podcast videos, blah, blah, blah. Um, Five to one, they lose to Vegas, all right? And here's what gets me. So they've come back and they've lost to the Coyotes in what's just a brutal loss. They blew that game. Arizona ain't good. They lost to Dallas. Not totally shocking at Dallas. Dallas is a good team, first place in the Central Division. But I guess I didn't see that game as some did because I was told that the Wild worked hard and and did some good things and didn't get re- rewarded and puck luck, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, I saw that game, and I saw – well, we, we were – in fairness, we were recording the emergency D'Angelo Russell trade episode in the first period. So I kept an eye on the first period, but I watched intently in the second and third. And in, and in the second period, what I saw for a lot of that stanza was 
not good. It was, it was for a team that had a lot of time off. It was what I considered to be um, an inexcusable amount of loss of puck battles, which this team can't do. Last night was the same exact thing. And they were getting lapped. They looked like a bad team. Flurry got yanked after two periods. No, he did not play great. He got booed. You people who booed him are idiots. This was not on him. This team, again, played poorly. There were really no line adjustments made in-game. There was little reaction to, to the fact that they played what I considered to be another just completely substandard, inexcusably poor game. Uh, after the game, Dean Everson talked about, you know, luck. We're going to get some breaks our way. Tried He tried to sugarcoat a little bit publicly, I think privately, being more upset. But now they're off today. And, and like, the whole thing was, you know, you got to get away from hockey for – you guys were just off for a week, okay? You were just off for seven or eight days, partying your asses off. That's fine if you come back professionally. But these three games, in in how they have looked, have been inexcusably poor. And it's not bad luck. You create your own luck. It is It is a complete lack, the last three games, in my opinion, of professionalism, of showing up for games. You just started a seven-game homestand last night after a closed-door meeting in Dallas and you lost five to one, and you played large, large portions like you had no idea what you were doing. Meanwhile, the head coach has put Matt Dumba and Alex Goligoski together on a defensive pair, which is basically like dropping dynamite onto the ice. What the hell is going on here? I, I get you're not a great team. I, I accept that. But this is as frustrated as I've been watching these guys since the heyday of Parisian Suter. And the I don't give a damn team. Um, there's a difference between losing games and having bad luck. You know what those are called, Declan? Three to two losses. Yep. This was five to one. You didn't give yourself a chance. And by the way, down five to one going into the third, you came out and you played like it was an exhibition game and you couldn't wait to get done. This was inexcusable. I don't want to hear about your day off. And quite frankly, if I were the coach, I would violate the CBA and tell all my players to get back to Tria today, and I'd bag skate their asses. This, to me, is an inexcusable three-game stretch. I have no time for this crap. Yeah, it's been the worst they've played as a team and all season, in my opinion. Not because of um, uh, of of how they played in those first two games when the goaltending was really that poor and everything wasn't going well. I, I think this is obviously, you know, without hyperbole, the worst they've played and worst they've looked over a stretch of games all season. And, you know, you asked me what I think probably month and a half, a little after the holidays time, you asked me, is Sam Steele legit? And I said, I, I don't know. I don't know yep. if he's legit. I want to play this out. He's unplayable. Like He should be scratched. I wouldn't be surprised if they put the guy on waivers, for God's sakes. You know, I know Billy said, uh, said with us on Thursday that, you know, like, oh, I don't have a roster spot for him. In the words of Patrick Royce, give me a pencil and I'll right. create a roster spot for you. Um yeah, this is this has been as bad as they've played, and uh, you know things can change. The tides turn really quickly in hockey, but as we're now about three weeks from the trade deadline, you know sometimes a team needs a little bit more oomph to get it over. And I don't think a player coming here is going to do that for them. Um, I, I, at this point, you're probably tracking to sell if you want, and they they haven't shown enough for me to buy in consistently that they can win a playoff series. You know, they, they. I think they oh, entered God. the All Star break as a seventy five percent chance to make the playoffs, um, and now they are obviously in their worst skit of the season so far. But so far, like I, 
I have no faith this team can make a playoff run. I mean, they've been pretty brutal the last few weeks, and they still sit, as of today, 66% chance to make the postseason. So, you know, better than a coin flip chance that they'll probably be in the postseason in a loaded Western Conference. But I have no faith that they can, unless they drastically turn things around and they look like the best team through the through the rest of the regular season here over the next eight weeks, I don't think that's going to be the case. And I understand why you're frustrated. Let's get to something I'm not seeing discussed enough, too, okay? And we approached this before, and we certainly did during the uh, Blues series. And I think we brought it up with Bill Guerin when we talked to him after the season, the summer, perhaps. Um, But that's this. Where are the in-game adjustments from the coach? Why did I look down in the third period last night and see Ryan Hartman still between Zuccarello and Kaprizov? Why did I see Sam Steele not demoted? You know... The last two games, you know who's played like they care? They might not be great, but they play like they care. The fourth line. Why aren't you breaking up? And I re- Reeves is Reeves, okay? But if Dewar is working his ass off, why is he not promoted? Duhame, put him on a wing. Replace Greenway or Felino. Don't really care which one at this point. Why am I not seeing Erickson Eck with Kirill and Mats? Why am I not seeing anything as far as adjustments? Why are Goligoski and Dumba playing together? You know, I've got a cell phone. Call me in the press box and say, what are you seeing up there, Judd? And I'll say, I'm seeing 33 and, 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 and 24. Should never partner ever again. Um, you know, the other thing in the last two games that's being exploited brilliantly and good teams will do this to them. And I have been wondering when somebody... I, I feel like hockey adjustment wise is slower to adjust that, than football Declan, but you're seeing it now. That is the egregious amount of odd man rushes created by the wild's insistence on pinching defensemen because their five on five scoring is so bad. Did you see the last two games They you are seeing odd man rushes? It's, it's like uh, for lack of a better term, a jailbreak. Uh, be, because they're catching Addison in or Dumba in. And it's poor Johnny Merrill furiously skating backwards and then oh, diving man. to try and break up a play. Um, where are the adjustments to this, though? Like, your whole thing of pinching defensemen in now, today, needs to be rethought. Absolutely. Because you're getting exploited there. And you cannot give up odd man rushes. And if you're going to, then put Boldy at center between. If you don't care anymore, like, if you're like, okay, screw it. We can't score. We are going to. We're going to allow Kalen Addison to be Bobby Bleepinor. Then put Boldy with that first line and don't worry about who's at center. Like, Dean, where are your adjustments? Where, in, in fact, I, I finally asked last night, I said, are you considering? And, and look, if things are going well, I rarely ask because you know what? It's easy to ask questions when things are going well. Oh, tell me about how great your team is playing. <laughs> but I finally asked last night, are you considering like changes here, adjustments? And he's like, well, of course, we've thought about a lot of things. That that He then said something that scared me. He's like, you don't want to do too much. It's like, okay, yeah, you do sometimes. And second of all, he said, well, we had, and, and we just made some adjustments. Now, not wanting to be confrontational, I didn't say, yeah, you moved Hartman and Steele around. You're shuffling chairs on the Titanic. But where are the adjustments, Dex? Where are, where is, I mean, the Blue Series was a tutorial on what you had to learn. And like, do it now. Make the adjustments now. Why are you not juggling lines? Why are you allowing your team to look that stagnant and that bored and nothing 
happens? Why is Jordan Greenway not being scratched? I mean, I have so many questions about about the lack of puppet strings being pulled here, as you can tell. Yeah, I mean, they can you know make an adjustment. They could put Eck, who had a nice little power play situation with Kirill yesterday. And in fact, I, I would still entertain that line. The grief line isn't playing well, so why not put Eck with oh. Kirill Kaprizov? Um, situationally, yeah, you can put Boldy up there too. Um, there, there's a lot of different ways that they could potentially still... There's I shouldn't say a lot. There's a few different ways they can make adjustments here uh, to potentially make their offense, their 5-on-5 five five scoring a lot better, which has been brutal this season. Um, I know they don't want to rush a call-up Rossi, but if you're not... And, and I'm not completely out on that either. I know a lot of fans have their pitchforks out asking where the hell is Marco Rossi. Marco Rossi is not going to like step in here and all of a sudden make you completely elite and better. Again, same logic applies to a trade deadline acquisition at this point. But could they call up a Sammy Walker? Like, hell, could they call up an Adam Beckman to, like, get different yes. speed or look? Like, that Sammy I'm, that I'm more interested in. Like, that's a realistic thing that could probably adjust them a little bit. Um, and I'm sure there's probably going to be some, you know, roster changes uh, or, or line shuffling, I should say, before the next game this weekend. But, I mean, yeah, they've been – it's been brutal. It's It's been brutal, and you obviously don't want to see them bleep away a chance to, you know – have a solidified spot in the postseason, but over their last basically month here, I mean, they've been, they, they have just not been a very good hockey team. If you lose because you are playing hard and just not that good, I totally get it. Okay. Sure. But what we've seen since they got back is ineptitude and it's lack of it's. I, I mean, again, I go back to one simple thing, puck battles. That doesn't take any skill that takes work. And this team is not working. And I guess what I don't understand from, the line can't do anything is what are you preserving right now? Like what is Sam Steele or in this case, Hartman, what do they deserve at this point? It's almost, you know, again, third period last night, put it all in a hat, shuffle it up and juggle it. Absolutely. See what happens. See if you can generate your down five to one. This is the ideal time. Um, You know, what is this whole thing of what we have to sit down and consider it? And we don't want to do too much. Like this team is special. I, I, I think you said this, you know, this is not last year's team. I mean, hell, Bill Guerin said that. Yeah. This is not last yeah. year's team. There's nothing to preserve here. There's no dignity to preserve. Well, he deserves more than that. No, he doesn't. No, he does not. And, you know, Hartman got sat for one game. Dumba got sat for two two games. Greenway's not being sat, which just amazes me because he is just disappeared. Yeah, so I just I don't understand what the coaching staff is doing here. And don't tell me, well, you don't want to do too much. You know, when everybody comes back from vacation and doesn't give a damn, or not everybody, a lot of the team doesn't give a damn, then yes, you know what? Accountability becomes key. And and ultimately, at the end of the day, if the locker room holds itself accountable, that's awesome. But they're not right now. So it's up to one person, Dean Everson, to hold everybody accountable. Well, how about this? How about instead of uh, watching the Wild, you, you go watch some St. Thomas hockey this weekend. Uh, they, oh, they're, they're, they're home. They got Northern Michigan like coming to town. So you can go to TommySports.com, watch some local puck. And if you want to catch those games, maybe you can't make it, you can listen to them right here on 1500 ESPN, uh, right here in the Twin Cities. Go check out some University of St. Thomas hockey. I know Enrico Blasi, he, he, had, he had the brotherhood at Miami, Ohio before his stop at UST. It was his culture. It was all this fun stuff. I think okay. the Wild, Wild needs some, Wild needs some culture. Wild needs some brotherhood stuff. I'll here, give him okay? culture. I'll yeah. give them culture. Tyre Zolgat as consultant. They'll, get, uh, them off, get them off their reflective day listen. off. Get them to Tria and let's bag skate their asses. That's my culture. All right, Declan, um, we are we are done. Still, uh, of course, check out Purple Daily. Phil will be back, oh, yeah. by the way, on Monday as the move will hopefully then be complete at that point in time. 
Uh, but Declan, if there are any goodbyes to say, it's up to you to give them. All right, hit that subscribe button. Daily Minnesota sports entertainment right here. Wild, Wolves, Twins, sometimes Vikings, uh, Purple Daily as well. Uh, we'll be back at full strength on Monday. Godspeed.